You're getting the most out of being at a game with American Express. The card member entrance, the lounge, and out tip-off. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Yes, the Hang Time Podcast coming back at you. Sekou Smith at headquarters here in Atlanta. My main man, Greg Anthony here. Sekou! In the lab. First big trade of the season, GA. Mm-hmm. And I know you guys chopped it up about it on Players Only, and it's, it's going to get talked about a ton more. You know, Eric Bledsoe going to Milwaukee for Greg McGrow and uh, protected, protected draft picks. The Bucks keep the core in place and mm-hmm. add potentially a dynamic point guard, yeah. not just a lead guard or a combo or a guy that's trying to you know shift over like Malcolm Brogdon and play that position when it's really not his natural spot. Eric Bledsoe is a true point. Yes, and and also I think he has a chance to be a, an elite level Eastern Conference point guard because you know when you look at the East, obviously you've got Kyrie and Wall. You would expect with Isaiah Thomas coming back, you know he should be able to get to that level. Right, Kemba is at that level. I, I don't see why he couldn't. You know, maybe, you know, again, I don't see him at Kyrie Wall level. Right. But he's a pretty damn good player. And more importantly, though, he gives them what they don't have. Like, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the stats, like what a team's doing in the regular season. What you got to focus on is how they match up with the teams that matter when it matters. And that's in the playoffs. Yeah. And that's where you find out what you really are all about. And that's why we have Kyrie in Boston. Because when we got to the conference finals, we saw the gap between Cleveland and Boston, yeah, but, yeah. right? Yeah. That's and, and you don't always see that over the course of the regular season. You're not on the same schedule. You're not playing seven times. You don't have the opportunity to game plan and all those other things that come into play, the pressures of the postseason. And even though, you know, you look at it statistically, you say, oh, well, you know, Milwaukee's not that bad offensively. Other than Giannis, they're guardable. yeah. yeah. They're guardable. And and I love Malcolm Brogdon. We talked about it. But he, he's a guy that might be better suited at the two. Off the ball, yeah. And, you know, and, you know, and Bledsoe is a shot creator. He's a shot creator, which also takes pressure off of Giannis. Yes. Yeah. You know, remember, they're leading assist guys getting five a game, which is Giannis. Yeah. And Brogdon's about 4'8", four, 4'9". Four, and, 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 again, I really like Malcolm Brogdon. But I actually see a dynamic. And Jason Kidd told this to Dennis Scott last night where – you know, they foresee him playing off the ball, giving him another playmaker on the floor, yeah. just maybe not at the level of Bledsoe and obviously not with the athleticism and the quickness uh, that Bledsoe has in terms of being able to put pressure on your defense. Remember, when you're out there with Giannis, you're going to have more space to operate yeah. because the defense is going to tend to want to load to his side. So. You know, it was worth the risk if you're Milwaukee to go out and make that move. And again, it's all all we talk about, and all the hype. Milwaukee is in the midst of a four game losing streak. <laughs> so it ain't before last night. It what you know, it, even though Giannis is having an incredible year, they're trending in yeah, the wrong yeah, direction. Going the wrong way. One of the worst defensive teams in the league, which is also another area where I think Bledsoe, while he hadn't played a lot of meaningful basketball, has the physical tools to be. A, a really good defender at that league guard position. Let me ask you a, a philosophical question about. Don't get that deep. Man. No, I'm just saying about how you go about <laughs> making those kinds of moves in the midst of a season. Like, do players adjust and appre- 
you, you have to adjust. But do they appreciate it when if, – if the players in that locker room know, hey, this is a move that makes us better. Mm-hmm. Are they more receptive – to see it now as opposed to at the deadline after more time has passed? Like, well, you look at this, if you're a Bucks player and say, hell yes, let's get a dude in here that helps us. Well, it's also the dynamic that it brings about is not too dissimilar to when you fire a coach. Right. All right? When something like this happens, you're telling everybody in the locker room, you know what, guys? We ain't, that, we ain't good enough. We're not really that good. We got to get better. And even though we're getting this guy, that doesn't mean – you can slack off. In there's fact, pressure off of you, yeah. No, there's more on you yeah. because you got to also figure out and make it work. And and it also tells you now that Milwaukee is ready to try to get to the next level, yeah. right? You know, right now they're a team that you look at and you say, you know, they're going to be in the battle to make the playoffs. You know, the hope is this solidifies playoff positioning. And now let's see what our ceiling is as presently constructed. Uh, the other thing about this move, I think it really helps Chris Middleton, who is the guy that really has been struggling this season by having another guy out there that can make plays and create opportunities for him to score. I'm looking forward to this for Bledsoe, too. Yes. Like, not saying that nobody's been paying attention to what he's done in Phoenix, but whether he was killing it or not, a lot of people hadn't been focused on the Suns. Yeah. He's going to be on a team now with Giannis where that spotlight will be on him in a different way, and we'll get a chance to see. Is he a guy that holds up under that kind of pressure? You know what this is could end up being similar to? To what we saw with Isaiah Thomas yeah, when he got traded to the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Always a good player, right? Had had some success in Phoenix, Sacramento. But off the radar a little But bit. because you're not playing, you know, meaningful basketball or, you know, the basketball that the casual fan sees, right? Yeah. The diehards know who these they guys exactly, are. Yeah. But, you know, because you're not on that stage – you know, when it matters in the postseason, you're not playing that relevant basketball. You're not on the marquee featured games on national television. You tend to get lost, you know, in the mix a little bit. And and this could be, as to your point, for him an opportunity, almost like a coming out party because he's still a young player. Yes. You know, he and remember him and John Wall are the same class. Came out the same year. Both were, you know, John's first pick. He was later in that first round. So they both came out. Championship with that team. No, they lost in the regional final. Well, they had a really good team. That was Demarcus Cousins on that team. They lost to West Virginia. They shot, I think, three for twenty-three from three in that game. And that's what pitch snog on them ran him out of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was a, a hell of a win for West Virginia. Definitely a big upset yeah. because that, that Kentucky loaded. team was loaded. Loaded. Hey, some, loaded. Of the, some of these Kentucky teams, you know, we need to do a podcast with John Calipari. We need to get Calipari on there and run down the list of all his pros and be like, man. I don't know if we're going to have enough that. time to run that list down. <laughs> man, he's put some He's put some dudes in Turned the league. Turned them out. Turned them out. That, you know, I like early season moves like this only because it allows us to take one team and kind of shape shift them a little bit. Like this Bucks team, if this works out the way they hope, they become a different kind of player in the East in that playoff chase. I don't think it changes the DNA, obviously, of Phoenix. This is, that's a that's a longer term rebuild, and Greg Monroe reportedly is not even a part of that plan. They're already exploring options to to you know to move him. I I, I foresee a buyout. Yeah. there and and then him being able to go sign somewhere else. But they do what they got out of it was a conditional first pick, and yeah. second yeah. and Picks. second, which mm-hmm. as we've seen, speaking in point in in part, looking at the last year's rookie of the year, second round pick. So those are valuable. Yes, they are. No question about it. In in any event, 
Um, you know, we talk about what's going on around this league right now, GA. 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 games in for some people. How long do we have to go before we know this is what we're really getting from a guy? And the reason I bring that up is because I keep watching Chris Stapps Porzingis. And I'm, I'm a believer. After being a skeptic you when he were. was drafted. We've had conversations Yes, about I was that. a skeptic yeah. when he was drafted. But he looked like a different dude then. He looked like he was running in cement shoes his first summer league. I was like, whoa, like, this dude is not yeah. Well, up listen, to speed. Nick, Nick fans booed like crazy right. so, draft I mean, night. But this, he's been a revelation so far yeah. this year. I mean, playing, is, playing out of his mind, both ends. The guy's legit, man. Is it, can we count on this? Uh, I think Kristoff is legit. I got a top five under 25 list that I meant to debut last night on the on the broadcast and mm-hmm. didn't get to it. But he he's legit. And, and, and quite frankly, with as much young talent as we have, he's right at the forefront, man, right. because his ceiling is because of his ability to really score the basketball at all three levels. Right. It, it's off the charts. Well, let's bring in somebody who is on the ground often watching that Knicks team Seeing the, the evolution of Chris Depp's Porzingis, um, bringing up our, our guest, friend of the program, Howard Beck. I was just talking to GA about this, a guy who would know, you would know as well, um, being a New Yorker these days. It, is, is the Porzingis image that we're seeing right now, is this, is this not only lasting, Howard, but is this legit? Like he's an A, A-list superstar in the making right now for the Knicks? I mean, it obviously looks that way, and we saw enough flashes of that his first couple of years that you thought this moment could be coming, like, right? Like, everybody saw what the potential was at his size and his skill set, and that he also seemed to have the, the right um, mentality and, and a work ethic and that he was grounded. And so those are the guys that you keep an eye on because you're coming as a rookie wherever you're coming from, whether it's within the U.S. or, or a foreign player. You look at not just the the physical makeup and the skill set, but okay, what are they going to do with it? Because guys come in with all kinds of talent and end up never, never really, you know, fulfilling their, their potential because they don't work at it. Every, all the early reports on him, every impression you got from the Knicks early on was that Porzingis was going to be a guy who was going to use all of this to the best of his ability and keep working at it. And then it was a matter of, he has to stay healthy. He's got kind of an awkward build at, at you know, seven, three or whatever it is. And so it was just a matter of, you know, having time to, to put on some muscle and adjust to the NBA game. But then after that, it was, okay, well, how do we really know what he can do as a primary star until he's the primary star? Right. And moving out Carmelo gave him that opportunity, and then it was, okay, show us. Well, guess what? He's showing us. So where does this end? Does it end with him being in, in annual MVP discussions or a string of all-star appearances? I mean, I, I feel like that's still premature to the extent that, like, this is only a couple weeks' worth, but – yeah, the talent is clearly there, and I think the mental makeup is there, and you see him wanting the ball, wanting the responsibility, and at the other end, going down and swatting shots right after he just hit a three or dunked at the other end. Yeah, and, and I would say this, too, in fairness to, to Porzingis, he's shown over the first two years in the league, but for health and strength. I mean, remember, the guy did average 14 and 7 and two blocks as a rookie. Yeah. Yeah. At 20 years of age. Then he came back the next year and went to 18 with a higher field goal percentage. You know, increased his blocks ever so slightly. But he's shown the natural progression. 
of yes. becoming a really good player. And more importantly, and Howard, you're there. Like, he's wired correctly. For, for he's York, a pro. Yeah. Remember, he did that in as dysfunctional a situation <laughs> as we've seen in the league last season. You think about the Phil Jackson, Carmelo Anthony drama, that, that's, that whole saga. He had to still deal with all of that, you know, as a 21-year-old. And you know, remember, he's the guy that blew off that that exit that, meet, meeting, that yeah. exit meeting. And let me tell you, that didn't go unnoticed from the brass of the Knicks organization. That also probably played a role in why Phil Jackson's no longer there. Right. Um, th- this guy gets it more than most understand, and more importantly, he's also doing it in arguably the hardest market to do it in. You know, so. I think he's legit. You you don't do what he's doing in a ten game stretch. Coming off what he again, this ain't a guy that was getting eight points a game last year. The guy was eighteen <laughs> points a game last year. You, yeah. Howard, you know how hard it is to score in this league at that level consistently. Uh, I I think the kid's got a chance. I, I'm more interested to hear your take, Howard, on on Neil Aquina, who I'm becoming more and more impressed with as I get to see him. His IQ and, and understanding of how to play. Even though statistically he hasn't looked great, he seems to be getting more and more comfortable with every game. Yeah, and before people pass judgment on him or, you know, think, ah, uh, you know, the, the, the numbers aren't there, whatever, remember he missed most of training camp because he was hurt, and they've been easing him back into the rotation. I mean, I think right now he's on course, given that they really don't have great point guards on that roster. He should be on course for if, if health sustains and if his progression that we've seen the last couple of weeks sustains in terms of his, his handle on the game, I mean, he should be a starter by December 1st. It's like, if he's not, I think something's gone horribly wrong because there's no reason that this team where it's at in terms of its development and its youth movement, you know, Ramon, Ramon Sessions, Jared Jack, those guys should not be ahead of him. They needed to get him going now. Let's see what he can do when he's handed the reins, just as we're seeing with you know, uh, you know, a lot of the other point guards who were drafted high in this draft. You know, the, the knocks on him um, in terms of when the Knicks took him was, okay, you know, yeah, he's got some length and maybe some defensive, um, you know, abilities, but, you know, everybody's so caught up in, well, Dennis Smith is more explosive and athletic, and how could you pass him up, or Donovan Mitchell. And those discussions happen within the Knicks for sure. But what they saw in Nilekina was, like, this. first of all, this great wing, I think he's got like a seven-foot wingspan, and good defensive instincts to go with it. Uh, is is solid in the pick and roll. Doesn't have a great outside shot, but that's something that can then you know, can develop over time. And a good feel for the game. And you can just see him out there. He's very steady. He doesn't get rattled. He doesn't seem to make you know major mistakes. And as a rookie point guard, like that's the big challenge. And so yeah, I, you know, people around the league. Um, when I asked during summer league, like, hey, look, they're getting knocked for passing up on all these guys who seem to have either higher ceilings or or leap off the page, leap off the floor. Um, <laughs> And people around the league were like, listen, I can see the case for some of these other guys, but I don't think they're going to be disappointed at all with Neil Akeem. This is a really good player they drafted. So uh, I don't think people around the league are surprised at all to see, as he's getting opportunities, that he's making good plays, um, smart plays, and is able to handle running that team. Howard Beck of Bleacher Report, senior writer and the host of the Full 48 podcast every Tuesday, joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. Howard, you have a Ph.D., in um, championship level dysfunction on an NBA team, <laughs> with your experience with the Lakers, <laughs> on the Lakers beat, so I couldn't think of anybody better to ask to diagnose what's going on in Cleveland. Is this is and you know Ty Lue, uh, you know, so you know 
and understand what's going on in his brain probably as he tries to assess what's going on with that Cleveland Cavaliers team. Should we should we be panicking or is this a, a whole lot of smoke and, and wasted time for everybody right now fretting about the Cavs and LeBron and what they got going on? I, I know that like this is the way we go, right? First wave reaction is, oh, my God, what's wrong with the Cavaliers? <laughs> and then the second wave reaction is the pushback, like, no, 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 no. We've seen this all before. We're not falling for the banana in the tailpipe again. I don't think this is a banana in the tail. Like, I think, like, the, the, the tailpipe is just busted, and, like, the whole, uh, like, the, the whole thing is, is, is Time for a new muffler. Um, I, I, I was trying to think of, like, other better, like, <laughs> banana tailpipe uh, places I could go with this, and I just don't have them. Um, I backed myself into a corner. Um, here's, here's the thing. In the past when the Cavs have rallied, and they've messed around, and then we get worried, and then they come back, and then they're fine, they had a certain like championship core there, and they don't have it anymore. This isn't the same team, so we can't assume they're going to pull it together just because they have in the past. The only real constant, I mean, is LeBron. I mean, there's a few other guys who matter: Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love, J.R. Smith. But their second best player is gone, and right now, for all practical purposes, Kyrie Irving has been replaced by Jay Crowder, Dwayne Wade, and Derrick Rose. Um, if you had said in June, <laughs> Kyrie won't be back but you'll have Jay Crowder, Derrick Rose, and Dwayne Wade, we would all agree that they would be a worse team for it. And, look, the, the, the pick that they got in that trade, which is the linchpin of that trade, doesn't help them win right now, clearly. The Isaiah Thomas element is, is, is irrelevant until and unless Isaiah's back on the court. And so, you know, now we're, we're looking at Isaiah Thomas coming back at full strength, and is he now the, the, the savior? And, by the way, he'll help them offensively, but clearly not defensively, because that's not what he does. Um, I think they have. I have, think they have serious concerns. I don't think this is one worth a false alarm. This this one's for real, um, and I think there's way too much writing on Isaiah coming back and suddenly everything falls into place. And maybe maybe it will. And maybe less um, onus on LeBron to carry the entire offense will allow him to be uh, more of the defensive force that we've seen in the past. And then that will spread to the rest of the team, and, and it'll fix the defense somehow. But right now they're last in defense, and they they just don't have enough uh, out there. Um, I just I, I don't. This is this is not a great roster around LeBron James right now. Yeah, it, I I I'd take a little different take on it for a couple reasons. One, anytime, and, and we've seen it throughout the league. You know, it's you know, Golden State's already lost three games, two of which are at home. Uh, the fact that you have a really short training camp has a tremendous impact on sure. your basketball team. The fact that you've got seven new guys within your rotation has a tremendous impact. Like for you for people to think like with all teams, it takes generally it's going to take you till after Christmas. That's what a normal training camp where you've got a lot of time, say that all the time. to put your system, your philosophy. Like basketball is like every other professional sport. There's a lot that go, like people think you put a jersey on and you just go play. <laughs> Like, you don't know the terminology that's being used, the philosophy, the style, the role. All those things have changed. You're bringing all these guys from different places, from different systems into one. And, you, and you're all – and they also asked all of them basically to take on a little bit different role. It takes a lot of time. I, the thing and, and about Greg, Cleveland – I, I, I want to jump in real quick. Like, the one, the one counter I have to that, though, is – 
Boston turned over even more of its roster, and they've been phenomenal, and they lost Gordon Hayward on opening night to a horrific You're right. Injury. And they like, were they, phenomenal like, last year and, until it mattered. Like, you're, the thing is, we've had one year, which was last year, where Cleveland had issues. They didn't have issues the year before. Not issues that you, that had you questioning whether or not they were championship caliber. They didn't have them. The first year you might have had a conversation because it was LeBron's first year there. This is and all David based Blatt, on yeah. yeah this Blatt. is all based on last year when they weren't a really good team. I grant you that they they weren't, but yet when they got to the postseason, other than Golden State, they weren't even challenged. They Boston, that team that you're talking about. Look very much like this team does now until they got to the postseason. And so all I'm saying is I would hold my judgment on the Cleveland Cavaliers until, one, Isaiah Thomas gets back because he will absolutely change your team. Like, we want to talk about how poorly he was defensively, but he played on a good defensive team with Boston. They'll have the makings of a decent defensive team when he gets back, his style of play is far more complimentary to LeBron's than Derrick Rose's. So when Derrick Rose, if he gets healthy, uh, Isaiah is able to go to the second unit, he'll have, he's going to be going against second tier guys. Isaiah's ability to space the floor better because of his shooting and being able to shoot off the screens. There'll, there'll be a much better basketball team. It, it's, dude, they, they're relying on guys that have never played in these, in this kind of situation. Jeff Green, you know, Dwayne Wade is getting older, obviously, but Dwayne Wade knows how to play. Jeff Green will figure things out. They don't have Tristan Thompson now for the next month. Yeah, That's going to play a, a huge role on this roster. But they've got a lot of guys that once they all figure it out, because trust me, when you don't get training camp, when you're not getting that practice time, you're not creating habits and instincts to play the game the way they want to play. And it's easy to say, oh, you know, this is who they're going to be. I bet you whatever you want that by the time we get to January, unless this team is really injured, they're going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference. I don't know by January. I want cause I, well, like, Make the bet, Howard. Make the bet, Howard. Howard. Get, what you get want to put up, Howard? Howard? What you want to put up? I'll, I'll take his and money, I'm not even. I'm not even talking <laughs> record. I'm just telling you, just take like we cash. said last year. You know, everybody – I mean, at the end of the day last year, and I said it about Boston, Boston was a good team. A 53-win team to me is not a one seed. Unless you've won a championship, played for a championship, and you just have all these other issues. I can see it with Cleveland. The other aspect of all of this is they do have their core. They lost the one guy in Kyrie who was their second-best player. But if you've got four other starters, I would say your core – and your best player – that is your core. That is your core. Yeah. Yeah. Having no, the, LeBron, the core, the, the core ha- is there, but but you don't lose your second best player, your other all star, and not feel it. And he he hasn't been well. Replaced. Yeah, but what we been, haven't seen Isaiah. But, but see, Isaiah Thomas hasn't played a game. Right. Like and, like but, the so guy that, did average about twenty seven game last year, didn't he? He's a he's right, a that, pretty damn good me, player. The the doubt the doubts about them are valid until we actually see him on the court and playing like the old Isaiah. And we don't know if that'll happen. That hip injury is serious. There's a reason he's been out since May. And, you know, people who are much, you know, more studied in this stuff than I am uh, in the medical profession will tell you that it's deeply concerning that it took him as long as it did just to get back to running again. 
coming back from that hip injury. Like it's a it's a serious thing. Make the bet, Howard. Take exactly. his money, Take Howard. the bet. And the people like I've talked to some medical people about it, and I've talked to people within an organization, and they are being cautious because they they don't feel like they need to risk it at this point, and and they're not going to remember he opted, they're betting they, on LeBron too. They also opted out of him not having the surgery because they didn't think yeah. that that it was necessary. So I, again. Listen, if he doesn't play, then that's a different scenario. But I'm under the assumption that he's going to play and that he's going to be a good player. I mean, you're not going to stop being a good player um, overnight. Now, if he obviously physically can't do it, that's one thing. But if if Isaiah comes back, because it's also a domino effect when you bring a guy like that back, it also puts people in positions of comfort. Because right now, other guys are having to step up and do this. Just like right now, they got to have other guys step up without Tristan Thompson being out there. And, you know, I think they're going to be fine. And, and the other thing is, so it, from what I'm hearing, Howard, you think Boston's going to be the best team in the East without Gordon Hayward? No, no, I just – I Well, I well, think who, this, who's, I think well who's going to be the best team? Because I'm curious. Because if you're writing off Cleveland, you got to have somebody you're writing in. I'm not, yeah, but I'm not, writing, I'm not writing them off. I'm saying that the alarms right now are justified, and I think that things are more open in terms of that race to – I don't know whether we're talking about, you know, whether it's the one seed or to the conference finals or who ultimately emerges from the East. Like, that is more open right now than it has been since LeBron returned. And, like, there's no – like, I don't know that there's one team that I would put money on to say if Cleveland fails, it's Boston, it's Washington, it's Milwaukee. I'm not – I don't – it's not that clear cut. I do think, though, that if Cleveland has slipped a little bit closer to that pack pending Isaiah's return – those other teams have a window there. There's an opportunity, and any one of them might emerge, depending yeah. on what Cleveland does in the next couple of months, if, depending if, on whether Isaiah is really back to, to who he is. I would also say this. The thing about it is we're, we're also not giving credit to that guy. I think he wears 23 in Cleveland. <laughs> I think. You I've got to go look credit. at his – got to go – no, I'm talking about to, to have this conversation because oh. think of it this way. When you look at who they've played in the East, those games generally, like, everybody gets caught up on their loss because they're, they're not very good right now. They suck right yeah. now. I, Terrible on defense. Houston's going to score but, 200 but, points on but, a Thursday night on TNT. But So what I try to do is, okay, but the thing about the league is certain games matter more than others. And when they played Milwaukee, who's supposed to be a team taking that next step, right, they beat them both. They times. show up, yeah. When they played Boston opening night, gruesome injury, didn't play well. They won the game. When they played Washington. Friday, yeah. Big showdown big game. game yeah. Everybody fired up. LeBron dropped 57. And so, and, and and again, if LeBron had taken a step back or You'd maybe had shown I get it. Yeah, that no. he's not still that guy, I'd be – now, listen, they're not a great team right now, but, like, I don't know how you would have thought they would have been a great team right now with only three days of practice, basically, yeah. you know, with with the shortened uh, uh, training camp and with seven or eight new guys, like I, it's I, it's I, hard. All these teams, look at OKC. I know, I know. Ha- haven't beaten the Western Conference team yet. Yeah, right? all these teams, man. It takes time. And 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 if had they had last year's training camp, well, you know what? It would have been a better. That's a gr- I'm glad you brought that up, though. To put themselves who in the Who wanted a shortened training camp? Oh, who no, wa- I think they should have. I'm not – I'm not. it's yeah, not like, a matter of, of saying that they, – they I'm not saying this. that – no, no, and they should have it. Listen, from the league standpoint, you're better served to have done this because these guys are going to play more games. 
They just are. I, I'm I'm for it. All I'm saying is there's a reason why a lot of teams look. They talk about it in football because in football, like they don't practice as much as they used to, right? They've cut down. They don't play their they guys in preseason. They don't, they don't practice yeah. like it. So it does. But get it. you know, so if you do those things while it it helps you on one end, it does hurt you on the other. Your 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 repetitions aren't there. Your chemistry, your trust that you want to build. That's different because this group hadn't played together. I know, but I, I think that Howard, makes a big I think difference. You, I think you raise a great point, Howard. Though in the DNA of this team is as drastically different, even with just a few pieces, the core is still intact. Ky, to me, Kyrie and LeBron were so intertwined as the one-two scoring punches on that team that I think that that's having. And I watched Kyrie. Live the other night, mm-hmm. and and got a chance to see him in in Celtics green, and it's a different color uniform, but it's that same same Kyrie diabolical. Oh, he's phenomenal off the dribble monster. He's phenomenal. That is no longer there. Like Howard raises a great point that you don't have that element right now, and you don't know if Isaiah Thomas brings the element in in the same complimentary complimentary oh, manner. I, I, I disagree to LeBron that, I, I that Kyrie did in terms I, I of disagree. Be, LeBron being able to give him the ball and get out the way. I, I disagree. You know, will, will he and Isaiah have that same synergy as a one-two punch? Absolutely. My only concern about Isaiah Thomas having an impact is health. It has nothing to do. And I'm saying this by saying I also want to make the point. Kyrie Irving is a better basketball player than Isaiah Thomas. He's more talented. Isaiah may not believe it, <laughs> and and he shouldn't believe it. Right. But from my vantage point as as an analyst, he is a better basketball player. But he's not an overwhelmingly better basketball player. And I will say this, too. What Isaiah did with that Boston group, first of all, even if you look at the numbers, Isaiah averaged more points. Yeah, but average more assists. I'm not arguing. Well, but I'm making my point, though. But so, I'm, saying, so, I'm not arguing. So, so all I'm saying is the other part of this that you got to understand is Isaiah ain't never played with a guy as good as LeBron. Exactly. That's so, my point. So, but it, but I'm my, arguing the fit. No, not the but production. the fit is fine because Isaiah learned with Brad Stevens how to play. Like people got caught up. Oh, he dumped. Isaiah Thomas doesn't dominate the basketball. A lot of their stuff. If you go watch the games, they run for him where he doesn't have the ball. He they ran stuff for him, and that's my point. They don't they can't do that with Derrick Rose. They can't run stuff for Derrick to get Derrick catch and shoot threes. Derrick, yeah, Derrick he don't shoot catch. That's shoot my that's point. So when you talk about fit, when you understand how a guy plays, and then then you can. That's why when people said with Kevin Durant, it was never a question of Kevin Durant fitting in there because his style ah, yeah, fits. No, but my point being, it, it, I you're was not worried. Saying, I wasn't worried. No, about you that. shouldn't worry about it because his style, not just his talent, but his style fits what they do. Because Kevin Durant was never a ball dominant guy. He's yeah. a guy who could catch and shoot the basketball consistently. No, and that's yeah, I what agree. I'm saying. I agree. Isaiah's style will complement what they do, we don't see. and that's a big piece to be out. Because to your point, you make the. Wouldn't you say he'd be their second best scorer? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So if you but, take but, that second best score off the team, isn't it going to affect them? Yeah, but I will. I will give you uh, exhibit Howard. I'm going to give you uh, exhibit B in our case here uh, to GA and see if he can see if we can bend him to our side anymore. The, the fit in Oklahoma City, you know, when you say great players adjust, I always say this: I don't concern myself with 
true superstar players because they know how to just mm-hmm. sacrifice whatever needs to be sacrificed to make themselves compatible with other great players. They're still working through those same issues on that Thunder team. I, I, Absolutely. I, will, give, I will give them the time it takes, just like I think Cleveland deserves time. But by January, February, you're running out of the quality time you need to establish that. Cleveland, they don't need to be chasing from the sixth seed in January, February. So they better be the team you think they're going to be better. I, I, I disagree. Okay, let's right? say hypothetically, to your point, let's say Cleveland finishes sixth. Okay, who's going to be third? Let's say it's going to be Toronto maybe. Uh, Washington, Milwaukee, maybe Milwaukee. Milwaukee, yeah. So you think that Milwaukee will beat Cleveland? I, I just want to answer to that question. I don't <laughs> need to know about the other stuff. Do you think that if pick whoever you want at the three, Milwaukee, Toronto, you think they're going to beat Cleveland? If I don't know what you think, Howard. In in years past, I would have always bet on Cleveland and the core group they had together. This ancient Cleveland team that's running them. The fumes of trying to get on the horse for the fourth straight year and make it back, I am nervous. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous. nervous. I, I, I'd be more nervous if they were in the West because in the West you're going to have – In the West, I'd be worried about making the playoffs. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I think they – I still take them over Denver at the eight or, or Clippers Look, I always, or nine. I always give any LeBron James team the benefit yes. of the doubt. Like, yes. they're, like I, they, they certain things, like never bet against the Spurs. Never bet against LeBron. Like there's certain like theorems we can all like NBA axioms we can all more or less agree on. But this is this is the uh, this is the most question marks this team has had since he returned. Uh, whatever but, three summers ago. But right. what you guys are factoring in is the rest of the East. Like, you, don't, you don't think so, the rest of the East? So is right good now, to Detroit's two. Right. Since y'all basing on what teams are doing right now. Detroit, <laughs> no, because that's what we're doing. Every, they won't, Detroit's we know two. They won't be there. Well, but, but, yeah, but that's we know, my point. You want to say they won't be there, but then you're not willing to say Cleveland, Cleveland will. Cleveland will be, yeah. So I don't get the, the rationale because what's the difference? So if you're basically saying not, Cleveland's bad because they're Cleveland bad. Rallying. Yeah. I'm well, also not ruling out Cleveland rallying. I'm just saying there's there's serious reason for concern. I, I, like, I just don't see. For the first time, yes. For the first time since LeBron came back, this is the first time I make I had more concern with him last year. Really? This, well, because last year you had Darren Williams, yeah, but those Richard were late. Jefferson. No, no, no. But that was the group. Yeah. Remember, they had other than the first six weeks of the season, going into the Christmas game against Golden State, they were they had the second best record in the league. Like people forget, they had a phenomenal. Yeah, they gave it up late. Yeah. Eight eight week stretch of the, to start the that, season. Yeah, Boston took and, the top spot. And, and Boston didn't take it. They won fifty three. Cleveland just didn't, didn't play. Go well, like, for it, yeah. Boston didn't win 60. Like, if you went 57, 58, 59, then to me, Boston took it. But if you went 53, you know, that's the least amount of uh, wins for a one seed, I think, since, like, 07. Like, yeah. that, 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 that I, didn't take it I at also all, I'm feel saying. Like, I'm sorry. I also feel like, and Howard, you correct me if I'm wrong, I remember three years ago when the Hawks won 60 games and they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. Everybody's like, I think this Hawks team can get them, blah, 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 you know, and, and Cleveland steamrolled them. So, but that was a different hunger to me. Well, that no, was that a was a better team, too. And that, to was, yeah. and that also was a team that had just, that was LeBron's first year. Yeah, I'm saying that. With that group. That's right? what I'm saying. I think now, they're, you know, back then, 
they didn't give us the cause for concern they give us now with this group that yeah, they have assembled. I, I just don't all. think, similar to last year, I don't think they're built for the regular season right. because there is a lot to be said about having played in three straight finals. I love arguing with y'all, buddy. And, and so I, I listen. I just, I, I, look. They're they're a, they're a they're a crappy team right now. They they flat out suck. I will say that and and shout it off the rooftops, but. I'm not going to sit here and say because they haven't had a training camp and their arguably second best player won't play till probably January that I'm ready to write them off. Yeah. I think they're going to be fine. I, again, right now the way I look at the East, Orlando's the thir- three seed, Detroit's the two seed. I don't think if I'm Cleveland, I'm saying I, I'm worried about how I'm playing. I'm not worried about who I'm going to have to play. Right. But Howard, I'm just going to tell you one last time. Take his money. Make yeah, this take January that bet, bet, man. Howard. Come on, Howard. <laughs> take it. Take his cash, Howard. I know Howard's Make him a buy confident you a steak. guy. I was thinking Happy Meal, but <laughs> I don't know. I might not be willing to risk that much. January's right around the corner. It's not far off. No, it's, you're talking literally eight weeks. Yes. Take his money, Howard. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Howard Beck from Bleacher Report. Joining us here on the Hangtime Podcast. And I wanted to get into all the other great we, stories in the I know, league we, with Howard. We I didn't mean, have time. This man because didn't have we got time so much that. parity right now in the NBA. I He's mean, got, there's a lot of teams that have improved, oh. a lot of young teams that are so much better than they were a year ago. But the and, and Howard, before we let you get out of here, when when is it time to, to do the autopsy on these teams? Like, Do we have to wait another 10 games before we really get – a true feel of what some of these teams are like, or how long do you wait? You've been covering this league longer than I have. Um, how long do you wait before you make that lasting impression on some of these teams? I mean, if you ask you know, the GMs themselves, I mean, like, there's that 20-25 game mark right. where that's when you start to think, okay, we know what we've got. We know whether we need to, to start looking for trades. Are we cashing out on the season? Are we building for, for later? Um, so you've got to get 20-25 games in before you really judge. Like, that's why, you know, no one should be overreacting to Orlando and Detroit being high in the standings, and we shouldn't overreact to Cleveland being low. My, you know, my feeling on, feelings on Cleveland have more to do with what I see in terms of the personnel and the, the construction of the roster right now than about the record it, itself. But, but, yeah, by my own standards, I'd say, no, we shouldn't be rushing to judgment on anybody right now. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd certainly agree that, that like, with the Thunder, when you've got three – star players who have all been high-usage guys, who have all been the center uh, of their teams for years. Like, 11 games isn't enough for Carmelo, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook to, to figure it out. Like, that team absolutely is going to need more time. And so, you know, um, I, I think, you know, by the end of November, mid-December, that's when I think we'll have a, a much more accurate read on everyone. And even still, Cleveland will still be an exception there because Isaiah's probably still not back then, and, and we will still be talking about well, they look a little better or they look a little worse, but we still won't know for sure what they look like until Isaiah's playing because he still won't be at that point. But for, for the rest of the league, I think by mid-December, you got a pretty good handle on it. Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. Howard Beck, senior writer at Bleach Report. And listen, I don't, I don't make it a habit of shouting out other people's podcasts on this podcast, <laughs> but I will do so for my main man, Beck. I love the, I the full 48 that. podcast, Howard. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it. And um, we'll talk to you again down the road, man. Appreciate you coming on. And uh, if you want to call GA back later, take, <laughs> take that, that. I knew that money. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Hey, what, Sekou, Sekou, you brokered the deal. When we go, we go off there, i got to hang up. i got to catch a flight here. You guys figure out what the bet is. I'm good for it. No you doubt. You got it, brother. No doubt. Appreciate it, Bex. <laughs> Safe travels, Bex. All right, fellas. Take care. Take care. Take care. That, you know, 
these are the conversations. I know people mm-hmm. have these conversations every Absolutely. But these are, I heard somebody the other day belly aching about the NBA. Well, you know, the NBA regular season not as good as the offseason. You clearly have not had conversation. We talk about this stuff every day. Every day. And, every and, stinking and the day. season's been the season's been really fantastic. been entertaining because yeah. you got and that was the thing I, I I wish we had had the opportunity to get into with Howard because you know how much he covers and and has got his ear to to the floor with the league. I mean, you think about all the great stories, man. Yeah. That are we just talked about. You got Orlando and Detroit, Philadelphia winning at Utah without Embiid. You know what Ben Simmons is doing Killing thus far yeah. this year. Minnesota's won five in a row. They're the three seed right now. You know Memphis. No one saw Memphis being as yeah. good as they are. New Orleans with Boogie and, and Anthony figuring it out, yeah. even though that roster yeah. still. The Lakers playing five hundred basketball right now, and 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 their best rookie ain't named Ball. He's not yet. You know, it's cool. Kuzma's been just off the charts, and you know, so there's just so many interesting stories right now around the league and so many teams, Indiana, Oladipo, yeah. and Sabonis, who a lot of people didn't see a lot of is showing what kind of a player potentially he's going to be. The Knicks with Porzingis, man, they've won six out of seven. This is this is a you pie know, in the face of all these people who say, well, the Warriors, we, we don't even get to, we don't talk about the Warriors in the first ten stories. No, well, and that's and the we, thing. We probably should. We oh, Well, you, you got <laughs> but, to, well, but you know what, they've had, for them, they've had their struggle, and yeah. they're also dealing with it. This is a, look, I, people don't appreciate to go to three consecutive finals yes. mentally. Steve Kerr I don't talks care about how all the time, good yeah. you are. The regular season is so much harder because, at the end, to your point, we we talk about how the regular season doesn't matter. It's harder for the players to buy into when you've done <laughs> that, and you know your only goal is the finals yes. and. You know, and these teams today, they're all comfortable winning on the road. That was my other thing with LeBron. Yeah. Remember, LeBron is one yeah, of care. a road game in every se- series, series he's played. In, yeah, he doesn't care. And I don't know how many years. So, like, it, it's going to be interesting. And if you're a fan of the game, you got to love this infusion of young talent, the revamped rosters. Yes. These other teams now, people are going to – we got to wait a little longer for them to all come together. But – I think it's going to be an exciting season, man. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's gotten off to a nice start, and to me, the fireworks could just be you know yeah. getting cranked up. If you think about Rondo, could be coming back here shortly near the end of the month for New Orleans. That could be a team that gets hot. Yeah. Somebody's going to get hot. Like somebody's going to start playing well. Somebody's going to dip. I mean, all yeah. of this stuff changes from month to month. I, I was telling somebody the other day because they were telling me, hey, you know, Cleveland's struggling. I said, what was Cleveland's record this time last year? Do you even remember? Yeah. Like, and do you even didn't. know? No. They don't. Like, I was like, exactly. Every season is its own story, and you got to let it play out. And, and every week of every month throughout the regular season in the NBA, things change. Yeah. Somebody gets hurt. Somebody comes back. I mean, Milwaukee is going to get Jabari Parker back at some point. At some point, You yeah. put him, if he comes back healthy, ready to go, in the mix with Bledsoe, Giannis, Negro, things could change. Yeah. Something could always change for you. Somebody could make a trade. Anything could happen, which is why I don't know. I don't, maybe Howard's just being benevolent, being a nice guy. He should have took that money. Yeah, I, I was hoping. <laughs> well, no, nah, what what you meant to say? He should have took that bet. It wasn't no guarantee he's gonna. I was get gonna. Ask, I, I was gonna tell him, look, get go for the cash. Yeah. <laughs> that steak dinner and all that stuff. You might, you know. Yeah. Go for hard. You can't hard. save a steak dinner. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you, you know. Can't put a steak dinner in your back nah, pocket nah, and you spend can't it save later that for a rainy day. <laughs> 
But we can talk to our main man, John Schumann, like we always do here on the Hangtime Podcast. And his Schumann's dad. Fellas, what's going on? Good, man. What, what do you got for us on stats this week? What kind of Schumann stats do you I have, for us? I have some... Um... Unicorny uh, trivia for you. Oh, okay. Wait, thank wait. you for the hint. First of all, we just got a unicorn though. He just showed up. <laughs> yeah. All right. So there are five guys right now. This is uh, through Tuesday's games, mm-hmm. averaging at least one point five made three pointers and one point five blocks per game. Can you name the five guys? <sighs> this is a multi-layer trivia question, so this is not just this is just the, this is just the first. Of, this is just of, the first uh, part. All right, first um, part. Porzingis, correct. Giannis, nope. Oh. He don't shoot. He doesn't shoot well enough. You're right. Cousins, boogies, yeah. Yep. Porzingis and Cousins are two. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, nope. Nope. Dang. Gasol, Gasol, correct. Mark Gasol. I'm rolling tonight. I'm rolling. God dang it. Um, Another Durant, sort of Durant. Player to oh yeah, KD. Durant, Durant, correct. Embiid, nope. Uh, similar player to Gasol in that his uh, three-point jump, he started taking a lot more threes last season. Center, uh, taking a lot more threes last year. Anthony Davis, nope. Um, spent, spent his whole career in the Eastern Conference until this summer when he's traded to the Western Conference. Don't tell us. <laughs> Hartzell will get fired right now for. Uh... That's not him. Oh, Brooke Lopez. Yeah, Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez correct. Of course, of course. All right. I'm All feeling right. good um, about and myself. Durant, Durant is actually on pace to be the first player ever to average two and two. Two made threes, two blocks per game. He's second That'd in the incredible. league. Second in the league in blocks, right behind Rudy Gobert. Cousins is actually just one made three. No, actually, one block from averaging two and two, and Porzingis is at just one made three from averaging two and two. So, so you, you could end up having um, three guys. Three guys do it in one year. That'd yeah. be crazy. Well, yeah. but it's also the game, the change, change in the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where we're going. That's yeah. where we're going with this. So Durant, Cousins, Porzingis, Lopez, and Gasol are doing it this year. Three of those guys, Durant, Lopez, and Porzingis, also averaged one point five, at least 1.5 and 1.5 last season. There was one other guy to do it last season. Who's the other guy that did it last season? And the hint is that he was traded in the middle of the season to a playoff team from a non-playoff team. Yeah, and you already said Cousins, even though he yeah. was traded. No, no, it, it, it wasn't. It was not Cousins. So Durant no, Lopez, of that was five that are doing it this year. Durant Lopez and Porzingis are, are repeat. This mm-hmm. other guy did it last year, but it's not this year. His blocks are down. Uh, and he got traded mid-season. Traded mid-season. Oh, uh, uh, not uh, quite uh, the, Nurkic. Nope, no, not quite at the uh, at the uh, trade deadline. But actually, right before the All Star break, he got traded to a playoff team from a non playoff team. Hell, after that non playoff team acquired him right uh, in the off season. Ugh. Eastern Conference player, and then he was re signed this summer by the the team that had, that, had acquired him. That, that picked him up. Um, who got moved last year? You know, it, uh, we had so many moves this summer. My head I is know. like spinning. Um, yeah. hmm. He's more. He's played the four most of his career. Mostly been a four, but probably is, is getting more. Not minutes Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka. Yeah. Correct. yeah, there Serge. you go. There you Average go. Average with Orlando and Toronto last year averaged one point six, 
uh, and 1.6. I didn't even cheat and look that up block. either, by the way. I was just sitting there thinking, like, that was a good, right. one. That was a good get. Yeah. All right. So last year where there was four guys that did it, uh, Durant, Lopez, Porzingis, and Ibaka. Before last season, it had only happened four times from, by three different players. So one guy did it twice, and then two other guys did it once. So the one guy that did it twice was in 2005-06 and 2007-08. He's maybe sort of one of the original stretch fives. Uh, Although he may have played for a uh, played, may have called him the four in the one year he won a championship. Dirk Nowitzki. Nope. Rashid Wallace. Rashid Wallace. Rashid Wallace, correct. Yep. In 05 06, 1.9 uh, threes and 1.6 blocks. 07 08, 1.5 and 1.7. So two other guys did it before that. Before Rashid did single, it. Before received for a single year, the first okay. guy, the first guy who ever did it, is the easier one. Um, he did it in 1995-96, and this guy is known for his rings. Robert Ory. Robert Ory, correct. Yep. With the Rockets, averaged two threes and 1.5 blocks in 95-96. The other guy is a tougher one. He did it in 2003-04 with the. Uh, with the Bulls and Raptors. He was traded in the middle of the season in 03-04 with the Bulls and Raptors, but he's probably best known for uh, playing with the Cavs in their run to the finals, their first run to the finals. Uh, 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 Zogowskis? No. no. This guy, I, I believe, was the national player of the year at UConn. Daniel Marshall. Danielle Marshall, correct. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. That was good. 1.6 threes and 1.5 blocks. Seriously, uh, I, I don't want to – listen, Shu. I love you like a brother, and I don't want to – I mean, how long did it take you to come up with all this? You don't uh, have any time to yourself, Shu. I knew, I knew we might be talking Porzingis <laughs> today, so I, I, I was just looking at his numbers. I'm like, all right, threes and blocks, you know, that's unique. And then you just sort of look and say, all right, who's done it? Who's doing – who's – doing what he's or who's ever done what he's doing right he, now he really is a unicorn yeah he yeah. really is a unicorn like that was a great yeah, but it's amazing like it's amazing like we said like i said it's been done four times before last year right and it was done four times last year and now we got five guys this year that are possibly doing it so yeah. it's just uh it tells you that you have now guys who can play inside on defense and then play outside on offense which is kind of I'm, fun. I'm sneaking into the Sloan Analytics Conference this year so I can listen to <laughs> shoes like. Yeah. You're going to get some good stuff. If you That's do what I'm that. saying. Like, I won't understand. This is fairly that. simple stuff. This is like blocks per game. You know, this is like trivial <laughs> this stuff. Is, like, this is a risk. This, this is there, you're talking this is a, a little bit more. Shoot, shoot. See, now you, you're speaking with your brain to us, <laughs> not not really factoring in our brains. Yeah, take it easy, shoot. This is not simple I mean, stuff. I mean, we're talking per game numbers here, fellas. This is just, you know, one number divided by another, and then that's, that's, that's how you find it. You hey, know? man. Sometimes you got to keep it simple, brother. Um, listen, we appreciate it, Shu. I'm I'm feeling a little inadequate right now. Go look at NBA.com stat, stats page and uh, study up a little bit. Got to get ready for next week. You're killing me. All right. Appreciate you, brother. All Take right, it bro. easy, John Shoe. Schumann in the Schumann yep. stat. Hey, talk about walking around feeling like you need. My yeah, brain, like, I, I need to go get a workout for my brain now. Anyway. 
my man John Schumann. Shout out to Shu and uh, Howard Beck, of course, before Sean. But uh, but John always with the Schumann stat here on the Hangtime Podcast, keeping it crazy and uh, that beautiful mind. Keep it working. I'm on some other simple numbers, <laughs> numbers that I can't remember. <laughs> Number, numbers from the first installment of Bragging Rights. Please let me be on top. You're both under 500. <laughs> so, that, hey, high. wait a minute. That means we tied. Or, we, or one of us eight. went over. No, it couldn't have gone over. One and two. You're all one and both. two. Good. All right. Yeah. Seku Warriors came up for you and Warriors Spurs. Yes. Cavs came up. Cavs came up for GA and Cavs Wizards. Yes. Thunder. I had a disclaimer on that. Remember I said that's the kind of game where LeBron goes amped. You did. But I, I, I didn't pick it. Note. You don't yes. really get a disclaimer for that one, no, boss. You don't no, get a disclaimer, <laughs> boss. Both at one and two. This all right. week going to start Thursday night. Cavs at Rockets. Ooh. Ooh. That's going to be an interesting one. I'm going with the Rockets. The way they've been scoring, you know, Harden, you know he'll be queued up for that when I'm going to Houston. Just to keep it real, I'm going to go Cavs. Just keep, you know, (laughs) try to to pick up some ground. (laughs) Try to get a little lead. Then we're going to go next night, Bucks-Spurs. Supposed to be Bledsoe's first game with the Bucks. Ooh. Wish Kawhi was coming back. Me too. Uh, Bucks at the Spurs, huh? Friday night, ESPN. Elberger. Oh, that's an Elberger for the Bucks. I bet. You know what? I'm gonna step out on the ledger. I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with the Bucks. I'm going with the Spurs. In the upset. Like it. I like it. Finally, Sunday matinee. Raptors at Celtics. I love early. I love matinees. Me too, man. I do. I really do. Um. Al Horford's in concussion protocol right now. They got to have him back to have any chance to to do what I think they should do in that game. Um, I'm gonna go with Boston. I'm gonna go Raptors. I'm gonna go Boston. I Raptors. That. Nobody's talking about nobody. Them. Nobody. And they haven't played well enough to talk about them. <laughs> but I do think that I think that'll be the kind of game that gets the juices more. Gets them cranked up. We'll see. That should be fun. We'll see. I need a lead in bragging rights, so hopefully this will put me in a position where I can. Oh, I like, this I like be. to. I like to lead from the front. I don't. I'm not a. I'm if not, you have a bad week, you could be in the cellar <laughs> the whole season after this. <laughs> somebody, somebody bit off more than they could chew. We're gonna find out which one of us it is. <laughs> well, listen. Um, shout out to our man Howard Beck from Bleach Report coming on, join us. On this week's edition of Hangtime Podcast, John Schumann is always with the Schumann stat. Um, remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts for a new episode every week this season. Leave that glowing review. Show GA some of that good five-star love. And we'll see you right here next week on the Hangtime Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts for a new episode every Thursday this season. And as always... Sekuna Matata.